It looks like you have a top bun going on. <laughs> I might. I I could probably if my hair was manageable. I, <laughs> Is oh it man, long kinda, enough? It you does. Can... It does look like it though. Okay. Hot dog. Wee, hot dog. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. Are you ready for Christmas? Um, as ready as I'll ever be. Yeah. I still have like a couple more things I need to buy, which we're planning to do after we record this. Mm-hmm. Pray for me as I face the week of Christmas shopping. I I still need to get presents for like everyone. <laughs> when and how are you going to do that? Well, it's only three presents for my mom, dad, and sister. But, like, mm. I don't know. They all ask for fairly simple things. Oh, which... that's good. So you can go pick them up Hopefully. at, like, Target? or Yeah, like Target or, or Meyer or Walmart or whatever. There's some clothes. I could go to Kohl's, get some Kohl's cash, <laughs> be a white mom. Really fitting into that. It really fits. Yeah, I can fit into the white mom aesthetic. Can I tell you what I got Steph for Christmas? Sure. Steph, can you hear me? Is it your love and affection? I think so. She gets that everyday lucky her. I got her (laughs) Heelys. Do you remember those, Paul? Did you have any? Did I just take you way back? You didn't even take me that far back. You took me back to college <laughs> where my roommate, Jack Hook, the same guy who composed this, oh, Jack. bought Heelys. Hell yeah. And would Heely around campus. Hell yeah. To the yeah. point where he became known around campus he as the, guy? the guy with the Heelys and the fanny pack. And a fanny pack. Amazing. And this man somehow got engaged before I did. So I guess <laughs> fortune favors the bold at the end of the day. Amazing. What an aesthetic. What a guy. Mm-hmm. I yeah, guess I'm just, I'm just jealous. I don't have the courage They're still around and they have sweet styles. They had a Spongebob print, which were unfortunately out of stock. But yeah. God, Heelys. Those first came out in like late 2000s, didn't they? Like 2006? I think so. Yeah. I had them when they were popping. I the cool never kids got, had them. I didn't have the balance to have Heelys. <laughs> if I had Heelys, I'd be falling on my ass all the goddamn time. <laughs> I remember going to Costco with my mom and rolling around. That was the perfect place to go. I'm picturing Love like them. Boromir going, one does not walk in, one does not simply walk into Mordor, and then it cuts to the fellowship healing their way to Mordor. Oh my god, who wants to draw that for me? Okay. First off, I could totally see Legolas just being like, check it out, and just running and then going back onto the Heelys and like doing yeah, like. With his bow and arrow, and then he shoots an orc. Yeah. Okay, should, Legolas would be the that. best with Heelys. Who would be the worst? The hobbits, because they never worn yeah. shoes before. I'm already imagining Frodo falling. Honestly, I think Legolas is the only one who's like competent with Heelys. I think Aragorn's a close second, but yeah. like, even he I was is gonna a say, bit Aragorn and Boromir probably. Gandalf around. refuses. Gandalf <laughs> refuses to participate with. No, the he's Heelys. on. He's on a hoverboard. <laughs> 
and uh oh <laughs> let's God. pair um, the fellowship with our favorite modes of uh <laughs> honestly Gen. i just want like modern au legless with heelys and like a 7-eleven icy in one hand and sunglasses on that's just, just the, skating the by, just going... of the ring <laughs> i don't even know if noah did that though he should have no he did do brochure of the ring but like yeah. did he put did he put legless on heelys though was he that innovative? I'll pitch it to him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Respectfully, God. have you thought of legless on Heelys? <laughs> Just wondering. I think it's time you revisit it. <laughs> I have some ideas. Oh my God. We have. Anyway. We got millennial broship of the rings. Now it's time for zillennial broship of the rings. <laughs> Heelys oh, and hoverboards. Eelys and Hell hover. yeah. That sounds oh god, that sounds like you know those like uh like like I think it was like beers and Bibles or something. <laughs> I don't know. I this is coming from a kid growing up in a like Christian like a household. Thing. But there's it oh it could be, but it's like it like it would be like Bible studies disguise well, first off. We would never. We uh, the one we did was called Devotions and Donuts, where <laughs> we claimed we were doing devotions, but really it was just a bunch of us families gathering on Saturdays, eating donuts while Amazing. the parents just chatted. Amazing. But like, yeah, Heelys and oh god, what was it? He uh, hoverboards, hoverboards and Heelys. Yeah, we got fit Jesus into there somehow. Though <laughs> he doesn't need to be a part of everything. Hallelujahs and Heelys. <laughs> That'd be a bumpin' Bible study. Bumpin' Bible study. I ours, think I'd make a pretty kick. Flag and that was Bible every study. that was every youth group's like go to. It was the best part of youth group. It was. <laughs> well, for us, it was either that or Ghost in the Graveyard. What's Ghost in the Graveyard? Oh, you don't know Ghost in the Graveyard? No. Uh, Ghost in the Graveyard. Just, I wonder if this is just a Midwest thing. Uh, you wait till it gets dark outside. And then you go to a preferably wooded area or possibly a playground. Or if you're just in someone's house, you turn off all the lights. Mm -hmm. Then one of you is the ghost and they go and hide. And then you guys go to find them. But once once you find them, they chase you. And you have to get back to your home base before they get catch you. Whoa. Never does a kid feel more terror than playing Ghost <laughs> in the Graveyard. Because once someone is chasing you in the dark, yeah. you're like the evolutionary, pumping. the evolution of the humankind is immediately like, I'm running from a tiger. There's yeah. something horrific behind me. I gotta <laughs> get the die. fuck out of here. There's a nocturnal predator on my ass. When in reality, it's Jared from fifth grade. But like. <laughs> But yeah, Whoa. that was that was ours. Ghost in the graveyard. Ooh, God, what I'd, give, what I'd give to do that as an adult. But Let's I'd probably just get super winded. <laughs> Honestly, realize we have, how out we of have shape so many really plans. We're, all the plans were like, oh, we should do that. It's gonna be like when we're like in our forties and meeting up and being like, hey, let's go. Cut my hip. That's that's when it's the best. That's when it's the best. Do you think Steph's gonna? Healy into their 40s. Hopefully. They better. Staying cool. That's how we stay cool with the kids. Hey, kids. Healy's into the scene. 
<laughs> we tried to hoverboard and it went, don't it even went horribly. Fucking, these kids don't even remember Heelys. No. I need to ask my sister if she remembers Healy. She's still part of young. I think still I feel young like they're, they're What about your comeback. nephews? What about what about your ne- what about your kids in the family? Are they aware of Healy's? I don't know. I should ask. They definitely do hoverboards. Yeah, but, but... hoverboards were like more into their time. I feel like they were hoverboards were the Healy's of their time. Yeah. I don't know. I'll ask at Christmas. Yeah, we'll we'll be doing it at Christmas, hopefully, if the yeah. basket's here in time. <laughs> oh gosh, that's kind of the good thing. I'm like, where I'm like, I don't have to order anything for my parents. Yeah, I'm like, also, my mom, my dad is my first off. Shout out to my little sister for being the easiest person to shop for. Where she literally just texted me, "Give me like an Amazon gift card or something." Oh, and I'm like, damn, Done. cool. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> take that, wrap it up. In like a little wrapping paper, then put that in a bag, then put that in a box, and then put that in a bigger box. You're that brother. I'm also sounding like Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> put that box in a box. And then I'm put that ship box it. in a bigger box. Receive now, it. And then crush it with a hammer. <laughs> but uh, and then my dad's like, uh, some shirts or a sweater would be nice. Mm, and I'm like, cool. Dad. And then my mom is like, a food processor. Electric skillet, and then number three, an angel, and I'm like, what? An ain't just an, an angel. angel, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm assuming a figurine. You should put some wings on angel? your back and be like, hello, your angel well, my has dad, arrived. My dad suggested uh, I like put some wings on him and just put him <laughs> in a box and have him like pop out. Uh, uh, and then, then, like the fourth one was like I don't know, like a, 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 a like bat, Bed Bath and Beyond soaps or something like that. Amazing. Yeah, Even just like number three, you. an angel. <laughs> just what a vague, <laughs> cute, cute mom. Cute mom. <laughs> Anywho, do they listen to the podcast? No. no. <laughs> do they know about the podcast? They know about the podcast. Okay. My sisters listened to one episode. And, oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents don't want to hear about Silmarillion sex toys. <laughs> I just I regret letting... I regret... Flash before his eyes. <laughs> that would be a great topic. The thing is, like, my, mom, my dad might find it slightly funny, but my mom would just shake her head. Because <laughs> she often forgets uh... just how... Like grown up, I am to the point where I can make jokes about Silmarillion sex toys. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. This was some good pre pre content included all. Yes, including all of it. I need my hobbits on Heelys. Hobbits and Heelys. That's the that's the youth group thing we're going with. Uh, where you come wearing Heelys and you watch the Hobbit movie. <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the kind not the last episode of silly and 
hopefully we will have many more exploring the other realms of Tolkien. But once we finish this, we are done talking about the Silmarillion. Um, Whoa. Yeah, we made it. Who could have imagined? <laughs> As we go forth into the new year, proud and strong. Oh, should I add, like, Christmas music? Like, the sound of, like, rate, like... Sleigh bells. bells. Just... <laughs> Welcome. As we some, look back uh, on this past year. Some uh, duty-free uh, Christmas music playing in the background. <laughs> like we wish you a Merry uh, Christmas, but get some Kevin McLeod or something. Uh, but yes, uh, this is our epilogue chapter. I guess this is also our uh, Christmas episode. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, episode closing episode but don't worry it's not going to be the last of us yes this is just our season finale and we will see you again next season wow uh, we have more than one season That's well yeah so cool. i'm imagining this like the first season is just the silmarillion and yeah. then our next season is silmarillion and then like colon uh, uh like the hobbiting or something like that yeah it's like oh <laughs> we're talking cute. about the hobbit this time hobbit and Healy's. Hobbit and Healy. <laughs> you know what? The fuck? That might be it. That might be the fucking little uh, subheader of the silly Marillion for that one. Uh, but yes, um, I don't really have any housekeeping I have one stuff. housekeeping note. Oh, okay. Um, if you guys have any questions, thinking of starting the first episode, or maybe like an in-between episode before we jump into the next book reading, whatever we'll do. Um, doing a little Q&A. So oh, yeah. send any questions you have just for me and Paul about the Silmarillion, about our hot takes of uh, Feanor. Um, yeah, actually, can... I'd, I'd love to answer questions. Just yeah. have It'll be our just kind of like dicking off podcast. Just like <laughs> yeah. bring in the new year with Tori we'll and do Paul it with messing some, around. Some wine. With um, some wine. Yeah. So send us some questions. Get some guest stars on here. Good. They won't know what they're in for. We get Stephen Colbert on here. I know he's big (laughs) in the Lord of the Rings. Did you see that rap? Yes. Yes. My God. The Hobbits. It was a fever dream. Orlando Bloom. (laughs) I just got so excited. I whacked my mic. Sorry, headphone users. (laughs) Yeah, Orlando yeah. Bloom with his bangs and his cloud sweatshirt. He looks, yeah, he looks oh different. <laughs> What's he been doing? Has he been acting recently? Is or he or is he he's just? A, he's a dad. Is he and just made all the money he wanted being both in Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean? And then he's like, I don't need, it. and I don't know why that's this accent, <laughs> but this is my Orlando. I don't need any more money. I'm a dad. That's a beetle. That's like one of the fucking. Be- <laughs> I don't need any more money. I'm Orlando Bloom. Uh, yeah, now he just makes guest appearance in Lord of the Rings rap. And now he makes, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, like before, how, before, yeah, before yeah. I forget my train of thought, um, send us questions. There are three ways to do so. DM us on Twitter. Uh, there's a little like poll section on Spotify where you can just write in the question there mm-hmm. or email. You can email us what at the silly yeah, at gmail.com. Look at that. I, I like how like uh, we were like, Oh, we have that email. And it's like, I guess we could use that for business stuff. If ever we get that popular, <laughs> but like I sometimes see it, it when big. I'm, 
when I'm like typing it in, like typing in like your email to send you the ne- like the newest episode, like I see the silly Marillion, and I'm like, should I send it to the silly Marillion? And I'm like, nah, Tori probably checks her email more <laughs> often. You could. I have them all pulled up, and I usually send it to that email anyway, just so it has ah, it saved. I in see more places. Yeah, it's good. Um, but yes. But yeah, send us your questions right in. Uh, yeah, we can. I'll see if we. Yeah, let's see if we can wrangle some guest stars. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like we could do a whole another podcast season of like guest stars with different topics, kind of what you did with Tolkien Tuesday. With Tolkien Tuesday, yeah. yeah I, first off, I thought you said them. Death Stars, and I'm like, wait, are we doing Star Wars now? Are we Death doing Star stars. Wars? Yes. <laughs> Death Stars, Guest Stars. Oh, all right. Now <laughs> I, I got to write that down if ever I do a Star Wars podcast. Death Stars and Guest Stars. <laughs> no one take that. That's mine. Get your I own. Helped. I helped. This is trademark. No, you, you, I helped by mishearing you. Um, <laughs> I take full credit. Uh, trademark, Paul Springer. 2021. 20, oh, 2021. Gotcha. 2021. 21's almost over here, Paul. It is. It is almost over. It's almost 2022. I, I can't fall into that hole yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go into the actual episode because there's a lot to cover. Oh, man. So. I don't even know what could be left. Last time. War okay. of Wrath happens. Morgoth gets his ass kicked into space. And is yeah. floating out there till the end of time. Amazing. The Silmarils are one's a beautiful star, one's in the ocean, and one's in the ground. Yeah, earth, wind, and fire. Love that. And water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, and then like the sons of Feanor aren't a problem anymore because Mithros just threw himself down a hole, <laughs> and Magmor's just kind of chilling on the beaches. Uh, uh, a bunch of the elves went back into the west. Everything's mm. forgiven with them. Um, and uh, some of the elves stayed in Middle-earth. Some of the humans stayed in Middle-earth. Uh, Beleriand, where all this takes place, um, it's now gone. It's, it's oh. sub- completely submerged into the ocean now because of all the destruction because of the war. Where the yeah, only thing like that was keeping it from war. sinking... The only thing keeping it from falling into the ocean was the power of the li- of like a literal god of the sea holding mm. back the ocean for a time. Uh, Beleriand was kind of if you take a look at a map of Middle Earth, uh, it's essentially Beleriand used to be on the western side of the Blue Mountains, which are like in the top left hand corner of a map of Middle Earth. Mm. Um, Kind of fairly, it's water. kind of close to the shower. Uh, shower. The shire. <laughs> the shower. We're going to the shower, Sam. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's to the west of that, but now it's gone. There's nothing left except like one island where Mithros's fortress used to be. Mm. Um, so it but, kind of turned into Atlantis. It's just underwater. Ruins. Funny, funny you should say that. Ooh. Meanwhile, the humans who helped out with the war and were all cool and nice with the elves and the Valar uh, got their own island called Numenor. Ooh. Now, Numenor is kind of like this 
Eden-like island, uh, like right at the equator of the world, closer to Valinor than anywhere else. Everything is lush and green there. Food grows really easily. There's plenty of animals in the forest. It's like the perfect place that essentially the Valar are like, okay, humans, we can't bring you into the West, but we're giving you this island and you get to stay here. And so a bunch of the humans are led by Elrond's brother, Elros, who uh, decides to be, be human instead of an elf. Because Elros? he gets Elros, yes. Because oh. both Elrond and El, uh, Elros, because they are Arendil and his wife's children, they get to choose if they want to be counted as an elf or a human. And Elros decides to be counted as a human. Hmm. Uh, and he basically becomes king of the humans uh, who fled Beleriand after its destruction. Uh, he has like an unnatural lifespan. That's the thing about the Numenorians <laughs> is that they live for like hundreds of years after this. Wow. Like I think uh I think Elros lives like four hundred years or something. Dang. And uh they just thrive and prosper. And Numenor gets uh like really big and like its people uh are very intelligent because a lot of the wisdom that the elves have, like the elves in the West come to visit Numenor and they bring presents. They bring this uh, seedling from their own white tree. Um, like there was a seedling from Telperion, the, like one of the, like the two trees of Numenor, uh, Valinor, I mean, uh, and that one had like a, a seedling that wasn't as powerful but it got like planted in Tyrion, the elven city. And mm. then one got transplanted to Tol Arisea, I think. And, Ooh, then a seedling, and then a seedling from that one. So like this is like the great grandchild of <laughs> Telperion. Uh, but this one gets planted in Numenor in the court of the king. And it's like this beautiful white tree that everyone's like, oh, look at it. It's so cool. As like the sign of friendship from the elves. And mm. they're like, as long as this tree is growing... Uh, the line of the kings won't fail and like Numenor will mm. still stand. I'm imagining like their version of the Statue of Liberty. It, it kind mm. of is. The kind of, it really kind of is. Um, and so they uh, also get all these different gifts from the elves. Uh, like they get some of these magical scene stones that Feanor made called the Palantirs. Uh, if you watch powerful the, what stones? Uh, seeing stones. Uh, so you know how in the movies like Pippin like there's that black stone that uh, Saruman has yeah and then Pippin like picks it up and he sees Sauron yeah uh, that is something that was made by Fanor back in the day oh, to wow. communicate with people over long distances and so, <laughs> so like Fanor created the first cell phone it kind of was yeah <laughs> and then like the elves are like we're hey uh like we're we're kind of going through fan or stuff. We're going through this fan or garage sale. Uh, <laughs> here, take these scene stones. They'll help you communicate over long distances. And that's dumb. humans are like, cool. That's great. Um. So, uh, for a time, uh, the Numenorians just kind of stick to themselves, and then as time goes on, uh, they're like, hey, let's start exploring the world. So they start heading east and south. 
and kind of going around there and exploring. And they set up these little like trading posts on the coasts and start talking with whatever native humans are living at these different places. And they're like, hey, here's some technology. And they, they kind of come as teachers and educators and start kind of hanging out. And wow, but they it's always so peaceful. They always stick to the coasts. They never mm. go further in. They're always at the coast. And then after a while, they're like, "Okay, we're going back home. Bye." And then they leave for a time. Uh, and it like it gets to the point where like they're good friends with basically all the other humans of Middle Earth for a time. Mm. Um, cut Love to, to see it. <laughs> uh, cut to Sauron. This bitch. So Sauron, when they're like, hey, come back and, you know, answer for your crimes, he's basically like, what if I don't? And then he just kind of does a peace sign and does like that fade out. uh, And he just kind of vanishes for a time. Uh, In that time, the elves of Middle-earth start kind of settling different places. Uh, You have the kingdom of Lindon, kind of in the ruins of Beleriand. It's like right on the coast there next to where Beleriand used to be. And that's where Círdan the shipwright is and Gilgalad the high king of the Noldor. Mm. He kind of makes his kingdom there. And that's kind of like the last quote-unquote kingdom of Middle-earth. Of the Noldor, I mean. Um, You have uh, Galadriel and her husband living next to this lake called lake evendim for a while and then they go yeah and then they're just kind of chilling out there uh but then you have celebrimbor who is a grandson of feanor and he's a very Mm -hmm. he kind of takes after his grandfather in that he's very crafty he's very good at working with his hands he's good at smithing and stuff and uh he and a bunch of the other craftsmen of the noldor kind of go and form their own kingdom called Eregion. Uh, and they build it right next to Casa Doom, which is the big home of the dwarves. Uh, in it's the dwarven kingdom they go through in Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. Uh, once it's abandoned, uh, but they like settle right next to these dwarves, and they have this great relationship with the dwarves, where like the dwarves supply them with like uh, raw materials, and then they craft with it, and they like send stuff back, and it's just a good relationship between I them. I love all this peace, and everyone working together. Peace and love, man. It's I all love good. it. After the war, what we and, need. And uh, is like, he's realizing that elves are beginning to wane, over time humans are starting to become the big ticket item humans Hmm. are like yeah you guys had your ages in the first stage it's the second age now elves are still pretty powerful but they have weakened considerably from what they used to be and so (laughs) kelebrimbor is like oh man i want to find a way to preserve uh the elves Mm -hmm. and he's also wanting to perfect his own craft uh, and so then a stranger shows up in a region one day and it, they are like, it's a beautiful stranger with a long golden hair, very attractive. And he says, I am Anatar, the Lord of gifts. The Valar have sent me to oh. aid you in your quest of crafting things. Mm. And so Kel- Rimbor is like, oh, hot sausage, man. That's great. <laughs> Fucking Hot love sausage. that. Hot sausage, man. <laughs> I fucking love that. Can't wait to work with you. 
great to meet you. I'm Kelly Brimbor, <laughs> grandson of Fanor. It's like he Fanor. slid into a LinkedIn DM and was like, hey. Would... Yeah, it's like, hi, Work would well you together. be interested in this job opportunity? <laughs> Which, if anyone's looking for a communications major, drop me a line, would you? Hint, uh, hint, they're trying to get Paul out to California. Not and Kelly Brimbor was like, I'm hot sausage. At, aiming for Michigan first, then we'll go to California. <laughs> no, California, Paul. I can't go straight to California. <laughs> Small steps, small steps. Small steps. <laughs> we can't all be born in California, Tori. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Anatar, the Lord of Gifts, goes, okay, uh, here, let me show you what uh, some of these cool things that you can make. Uh, these are called Rings of Power. Oh, heck. And he's like, check it out. You, if you craft these things... He's like, I know how to, but I don't have the skill you guys have. Uh-huh. So if I teach you guys, you could really craft some really cool rings. And using some of these rings, you could totally like preserve the power of the elves. Hmm, okay. And so uh, Celebrimbor is like, okay, cool. So he crafts 20 rings. 19? 19, 19 rings. Nine, that's still more 19. than one nine. Um, and he has uh, three of them specifically he crafts on his own. And then Ooh. the other ones Anatar helps out with. But they're, okay. it's all made with the crafting. Uh-huh. And so Anatar uh, is like, oh, cool. You did a great job with this. Uh, I'm going to be right back. Uh, I got to go do something. And then as Celebrimbor is just kind of working, like overseeing like the last of the rings kind of being made, he all of a sudden feels like this power hit him. Uh-oh. And all of a sudden he realizes that he has been tricked. Because he hears in his mind, Ashnaz Dabataluk, Ashnaz Gimpatul. Ashk naz trakataluk, agburzamishi krimpatul. And translated, it means one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. Anatar was Sauron. Ah, shit. (laughs) And with. Now that these rings of power have been crafted, Sauron forged the One Ring to be their mm. overlord and mm. have control over all of them. Realizing he's fucked up and that uh, <gasps> immediately Celebrimbor sends his, uh, the three rings just he worked on mm-hmm. to the elves. Three rings mm. for the elven kings. Oh. And uh, they get sent to uh, Gilgalad, the king to wield one. Mm-hmm. Galadriel gets another. Mm-hmm. And Círdan, the shipwright, gets a third. Mm. However, by then, Sauron realizes what Celebrimbor's trying to do, brings a huge army of orcs to Oregion, where the elven craftsmen live, and basically destroys this little kingdom of theirs. Um, he takes the remaining rings, 16? and then gives... Yes, he takes the remaining 16 rings. Okay. Uh, Wait. Math. 
counting. Yeah, 16. 16 <laughs> and he gives seven of them to the dwarves and nine to mortal men. And those mortal men eventually become the Nazgul over time. Oh, really? Yes. Whoa. Uh, Wait, what were those numbers again? He gave seven to... Seven to the dwarfs and nine to men. And three are in the hands of the elves. And the nine Uh, turn into the Nazgul? Yes. Wow. Uh, Because humans are much more corruptible. Humans give in to the desire for power more quickly. Uh, Meanwhile, the dwarven rings, they don't turn you into a wraith. They don't turn you into a Nazgul because dwarves, you can't do that to a dwarf. They're like made of stone. Mm -hmm. They're too hardy. You can't do that. Uh, Mm. But it does make the dwarves more greedy. And eventually Mm. their greed undoes them over time. Wow. Uh, But this kicks off a big war between the elves of Middle-earth and Sauron, who is essentially trying to conquer all of Middle-earth. Yeah. And Ugh, been there, done that. The elves are kind of caught back on like their back foot. Uh, Celebrimbor is killed, and Aww. in kind of like a gory detail, they <laughs> uh, take his corpse. The orcs take his corpse and put it on a, a pole, and basically carry it around like like their bat like their battle flag, basically. Oh god! Oh poor guy! Damn! And the elves are like, oh shit. When who comes from the sea? The Numenorians. Uh, the elves reach out to Numenor and they're like, hey, help us. And so Numenor is like, Shit's okay, let's down. go. And they fight back against Sauron and kick him back to Mordor. Uh, but they don't pursue him. They just intervene in the war to let the elves have time to kind of rebuild themselves. And uh, they they wipe out enough of Sauron's army that he needs to now like officially return to Mordor and build a whole new mm. army. Um, uh, after that, however, around that time, the human the the Numenorians get a bit more colonizer. Oh, uh, they aren't going to places to Leave it to teach men. and educate anymore. <laughs> They're setting up colonies. They are enslaving some people. Mm. They are oppressing the people who are already living there. And who will the people then turn to with the Numenorians oppressing them? Well, there's this neat guy, Sauron, who would be happy to help you guys. He's happy to help the little guy. (laughs) Uh, And so there's this thing where, you know, like how in Lord of the Rings, there are like the quote unquote evil men. Mm-hmm. those are the men who essentially were like, we're getting colonized and we don't like it. And hmm. Sauron was like, let me help you with that. Yeah. And then ended up forcing them to make him like their god king, essentially. God. Um, huh. so, like they're legit in like why they should kind of hate the West specifically. Yeah. Uh, but it's being misused for the wrong reasons. Um, and eventually as the, as time goes on, the kings of Numenor start being more and more jealous of the elves because they're like, elves get to live forever. Why can't we live forever? And why can't we go into the West and hang out with them? Mm. It starts out like, oh, we want to go over there and be with, like, hang out with them. It's like, if people, if you, like, when you hung out with friends, they only ever came to your house. And yeah. you're like, well, come on, I want to I wanna go hang out at your house. I want to go hang yeah. out and want to see what you guys got. Um, but uh, that kind of falls uh, 
it, it kind of begins like this corruption of mankind where they want more and more. Mm, um, got greedy too. Yeah, and like I mean, it was coming eventually. They're sailing out in all these directions, but they're forbidden from sailing west, and they're yeah. constantly like, "Oh, I want to go over there. I want to see what's over there." Of course, um, the forbidden fruit they want it. It is. See what behind what's behind the curtain. So, uh, eventually, uh. There is this one Numenorean king who kind of tries to turn the tide called Tar Telparion. And uh, he's like, oh, we need to turn this boat around real quick or something bad is going to happen because nothing good can come from us wanting, like being so fucking greedy. And he's like, God, we're colonizers. This is the worst. We need to stop this. Um, But it's too Self-aware late because he, he only has one daughter and when uh he dies she marries her cousin uh <laughs> as one does in middle earth arfarazon the golden mm. and he is like the worst of the worst in that oh, he's like we need to rule the world and we deserve this why can't people just be happy with what they got just you know Live and let it be. But around this time, he hears that Sauron is declaring himself Lord of Middle Earth, and he's like, "Ah, one sec, I gotta go. I gotta go, bitch, slap this Dark Lord." (laughs) And the might of Numenor at that time is so powerful that when Sauron sees it, he's like, "Oh shit, they're gonna crush me again." Mm. So instead, he goes to them, gets on his knees, and goes, "I surrender. Take me as your prisoner." Sounds fake. And they're like, hot damn. So, like, they collar him with, like, golden chains. And he's, like, a trophy. Kinky. He's, like, a trophy for... Okay, a lot of people ship, like, Arfarazon and Sauron. <laughs> but I'm not going to get With that. a golden collar. With a golden I mean... collar. Uh, so, wait, what's what's his name? Arfarazon. Arfarazon? Arfarazon. Okay, mouthful. Yeah. Uh, I believe it means Lord of the West. I think. Oh, what does it mean? One sec. Let me look this up. Ar Farazon. How do you spell the beginning of that? A R and then dash and then P H A R A Z O N. Ar Farazon. Ar Farazon means. <laughs> Farazon means golden in Adenaic. So it's, it's, the, it's the golden. The golden. A golden. <laughs> but yeah, so he takes Sauron. And puts uh, him in a golden collar. Yeah, golden collar. Takes him back to Numenor and is like, look how mighty I am. Even the elves of Middle-earth who claim to be like these powerful firstborn of God. Look at them. They couldn't even do what I did. Hell, the Valar couldn't do what oh, I just boy. did. Oh boy. It's taken down a notch, out. buddy. And he just kind of keeps Sauron in his court in chains. While Sauron is constantly like, oh my god, you're so great though, dude. You're so, you're so fucking powerful, man. You got me. You fucking got me. You're oh like the god. wisest king. And you're like the most powerful king. And he's like, gosh, you know. Praise king. He's like, god. he's like, too bad. You're mortal. And you're gonna die someday. Oh, heck. And Farazan's like, what? And, uh, Sauron's like, no, no, I've said too much. You got, you're good. 
you're perfect. Don't worry about it. I'm just mumbling to myself. He's like, wait, wait, tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. And he's like, well, I'm a dark lord, but I'm also very wise. I am an ancient spirit who was born at the beginning of time. I know many things, and I could probably help you out. You know what? You beat me fair and square. Let me help you. Oh, jeez. Make me your advisor, and I mm. will I will give you whatever you want. So three years after he becomes Arfarazan's prisoner, he's raised to essentially his chief advisor in three wow. years. Wow. Clever. And so Sauron starts not only talking to Arfarazan, but the people of Numenor. And uh, he speaks against the ban of the Valar, and he's like, gosh, hmm. you guys deserve immortality. It's bullshit that they're not letting you have this. And let me tell you, uh, he uses the word, Dark- darkness alone is worshipful, and the Lord thereof may yet make other worlds to be gifts to those that serve him, so that the increase of their power shall find no end. And our far and everyone's like, oh, who is the Lord of Darkness? And he's like, I'll never tell. And then in secret, uh, our Farazan's like, okay, come on, man, tell me who's the Lord of Darkness. And our uh, Sauron goes, his name is Melkor, and he yeah. is out making new worlds in the void, and he'll give them to you if you fully obey him. Oh. And he's like, Melkor is the giver of freedom. While the Valar lock you guys in like these chains and restrictions, he could free you. All you gotta do mm. is give in. So then Numenor slowly starts degrading. Men oh, start no. the men start to live in fear of one another and they start hoarding wealth. And mm. um uh, human sacrifices are beginning to be uh, undertaken sacrifices in, like, this, in this big temple that Sauron's built. Damn. And uh there are a few of the Numenorians who are like, this is wrong. The elves have always been our friends. Yeah. This guy is clearly evil. He's saying we should worship the Lord of Darkness. <laughs> That's yes, that makes a lot sounds, of sense. Sounds sketch, guys, <laughs> if I'm being quite honest. Sounds pretty sketch. Um, and the leader of these is named Amandil. And he has a son, Elendil. The resistance. And Amandil uh, was good friends with Arfarazan when they were younger. But over time, this difference has formed between them. And Amandil's like, oh my gosh, Elendil, my son, this, this isn't going to end well. Uh, already, like, rumor has it that Arfarazan is commissioning the building of a mighty fleet to go attack the West with it. Oh dang. And this is gonna be this is gonna be a shit show. Didn't they have history books and like learn about what happens? Yeah, you'd hope you attack they did. the Valar. You'd hope they did. Um so the whole point of history is to learn from past mistakes. Don't invade Russia in the winter. Don't <laughs> attack the Valar. It's yeah. just you're asking for trouble. Same thing, same thing. So Amandil's like all right, you guys need to start, uh, Elendil, you and your sons, Isildur and Anarion, uh, you guys need to start building some ships of your own so that if the time comes, we can get the fuck out of Dodge and like go to Middle-earth and like not 
get destroyed because this whole thing's going to come crashing down. Always have an exit plan. Always have an exit plan. And so, like, they build in secret, like, this hidden fleet uh, that they'll then take to Middle Earth uh, when things go, when shit hits the fan. <laughs> uh, in this time, uh, Isildur, Elendil's son, he steals a, sap- a small sapling from the white tree in Numenor mm-hmm. and takes it to one of the ships in hiding. And upon finding out that someone stole a seedling from it, uh, finally, Arfarazan orders the tree chopped down and okay. it gets burned in the oh. temple that Sauron built. Man. Um, finally, this fleet is constructed and Sauron's like, yeah, you go get them. I'll make sure things are okay here. Go take oh, your birthright. Arfarazan goes into the west, steps on the Undying Lands, and, and is flames. like, let's, let's go kick ass. And he has this whole army with him. Uh, in that moment, the Valar have been seeing all this shit. And they sent messengers like, don't you do Don't, don't you do, do it. it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. It's the, uh, you know, from that one night in the museum uh, where it's like, do not cross so this line. I, if you so much as touch this line, I, oh my god, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe, I can't believe you crossed this line. It's just that's the Valar with humans, essentially. Oh my god. Uh, but they're like Stupid, silly little humans. They're like, what can we do? Because we've never waged war against uh, humans before. We've only yeah. ever gone to war with Melkor. Mm-hmm. These are Iluvatar's creation. And also, they're pretty powerful. I don't know if we could handle them. Hmm. Uh, we, don't, we don't know. And so they finally pray to Iluvatar, and they're like, uh, you do what you think is right, because we don't know what to do here. And Iluvatar's okay. like, okay. The first time we've heard from Iluvatar in a while, he's like, okay. He gets up. From his he comfy takes sofa seat. All the soldiers who landed on the Undying Lands Burns them. and folds the hills over them. Oh. So now they are in these things called the Caves of the Forgotten. Oh. And they they get to live forever, but they're imprisoned forever. Oh damn. Until the day that Melkor returns, and then like they'll be released, but it, they people don't know if they'll fight for good or fight for evil, because, but they're just in prison there now, forever. Yeah. Um, Probably going insane. Wow. As for Numenor itself, uh, Iluvatar's like, okay, I'm going to take away the temptation of the West forever. So he rips out the entire Western half of the world. <laughs> Casual. And pushes it somewhere else okay it's just that spongebob meme yeah what if we took what if we took the undying lands and and pushed it somewhere else (laughs) but because numenor is so close to the separating part numenor basically collapses and falls into the abyss killing everyone dang and then for some reason, Iluvatar is like, okay, the world is a sphere now. 
but the After west they is fell off the, the west is hovering out here somewhere huh. so when elves sail into the west you know how the world curves mm-hmm. when elves sail into the west they're sailing in a straight line and basically mm. go up into the sky so it's really kind of like going go, to heaven they just go it like is, up it, and out it is heaven it's yeah it's like frodo goes to heaven in the yeah. end that's the big thing but yeah huh. Uh, and then he creates like new lands in the West to replace the ones that are gone. Mm. Uh, America. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but Elendil, his sons, um, escape on nine ships. Mm. And they land in Middle Earth. Uh, Isildur, they have uh, seven of those scene stones with them. Mm. And they have the white sapling. Uh, Isildur and Anarion, the younger, uh, the the sons of Elendil, they land in the south and create the realm of Gondor. Oh. And Elendil lands in the north and creates the realm of Arnor. Hmm. And then they're like, "Yay, we survived!" And then Isildur and Anarion realize that they've created their country right next to fucking Mordor. Oh, great! Sauron <laughs> got caught in the cataclysm. However, he essentially ejected his spirit out of his body, and he, his body was destroyed in the crush of Numenor, and his spirit mm. went off to regenerate somewhere else. But because he did that, he can Spooky. no longer take on a fair shape. He can, never, he can no longer be an attractive oh. twink or something. He <laughs> has to be the Dark Lord from that point on forever. Huh. So he's kind of just like a floating soul. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, also, he didn't take the One Ring with him to Numenor. He like put it in like a security deposit like <laughs> account or something. Like, well, he, he doesn't have a physical shape now, so it's not like he can keep hold of it, right? Well, he he went back, and then he kind of like takes up the ring, and then it kind of gives him his. That's why, because when he doesn't have the ring, then he's a spirity thing. Oh. Um. But uh, yeah. And then he returns to Mordor and it's like, ah, damn it, some of them survived. I'm going to kill them all. And he starts like using the One Ring to rally his forces to him. And so Elendil, Isildur, and Inarion team up with Gilgalad, High King of the Elves, and Elrond. And they're like, Okay, let's put an end to this. And that's the bat. And you know that big battle at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring? Mm-hmm. That's what happens. It's the oh. war, war of the last alliance, the last great alliance of men and elves. Wow. And they unite. Uh, Elendil and Gilgalad get killed. Gilgalad dies in a pretty horrific way where Sauron just grabs him, lifts him up, oh, and. It, um, uh, Anarion, when they're like besieging Sauron in his uh, mighty fortress of Baradur, his head gets crushed by a falling stone. Mm. And so in the end, Isildur is the only one left. And he manages to finally d- land the killing blow on Sauron, takes the One Ring, and it, it all goes there down from there. Huh. Wow. So... Is Isildur? Isildur, yeah. Has the one ring last? Uh he ha well he has the one ring. And then uh there's this thing where he's returning to Arnor 
because now that his dad's dead, now he's king of Arnor. And he essentially gives Gondor to his nephew, uh, his brother's son. And on his way north, however, uh, he gets ambushed by orcs. They kill him, and the ring sinks to the bottom of a river, where mm. eventually it's found by Gollum, mm. like a few hundred years later. So yeah. Wow. And that's where then kind of the events of like the books and films. And then we're begin. caught up. And then we're caught up. Wow. I have so much history in my brain now. Yeah. Do you know how often I can impress friends in conversations now? So I often. I haven't read Lord of the Rings, but let me tell you the history. Let me tell you about the Silmarillion. Let me just sprinkle some of this yeah. in. <laughs> Molly's constantly like, I can't believe you know more lore than me. Wow, so that's the epilogue. That's it. The yeah. last war was called the War of the... Uh, war of the Last Alliance. The Last Alliance. Dang. Good job, Jimmy. I like how he really... This was his cool hyperstation. This was his, like, <laughs> I can only think of one thing right now, and this is going <laughs> to be it. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this... This grand adventure. This grand journey that we've undertaken. We survived. Having the gall to fucking start with the Silmarillion. (laughs) But now, the benefit is that now you get to experience uh, the beauty that is actually The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Where there's mm-hmm. actual fucking dialogue. <laughs> and not uh, just history. And not just history. I don't know if we want to do like readings with it or something, like little reading elements. Uh but yeah, there's so much we could do and yeah. Mm. I'm hyped. Got a lot of a lot of people saying we should continue with the Hobbit. Oh totally. We're definitely so, going with the Hobbit next. Is that something you would wanna like keep? telling me the story of or should i get a copy and read through with i think it would be well worth making it maybe like a book club thing where we cover like chapter by chapter and just chat about it okay book club um and then stuff keeps asking me if i'm allowed to read lord of the rings yet and i keep being like let me talk to paul because we have a podcast should i hold out on it i hold on on it until we're done with the hobbit okay we're going in order here, folks. That would be in order, right? Yes, The Hobbit comes the Hobbit before The Lord and of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Um, I was in Barnes & Noble the other day, and I was looking through the Tolkien section and saw the children of Hurin. Yeah. Hurin. Hurin. Yeah, that's uh, Turin. Um, yeah, and uh, Baron and Luthien. I might pick them up and read through them. Ooh. I so pointed out, and I... I was like, I know those stories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, good job, Paul. I, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this journey. Let me tell Remember you. when you tweeted, has anyone done a podcast yet where they... Oh, you know, how could I forget? <laughs> and I answered and said, me, I will be that person. Because I. Oh, uh, yes. So... 
Thank you, everyone. Uh, no words. Speechless. No words. Paul's speechless. Simply, uh, the support we've been given over time has just been incredible. Uh, your feedback has been great. Uh, again, send us questions. I love interacting with send you guys. Us questions on Twitter or the silly Merlion at gmail.com or, or Spotify. Spotify. Uh, and uh, as always, special thanks to Wool for uh, drawing uh, our cover art. We might get season when we, two cover art. I think I'm going to commission season two cover art. Uh, I'm I'm still uh, waffling between either commissioning okay, Wool waffling. because I know they're they've been quite busy recently. Yeah. Uh, or um, Evelyn. Yes. But yes. Uh, yeah. Either Wool or Evelyn. Uh, trying to or hey if you guys out there if one of you knows an artist who might be interested in taking a commission of it uh fucking rad like let's don't, go for it don't say it too loud all the people who have the tag saved on twitter will come at us oh no <laughs> uh quietly <laughs> Oh no, now it's ASMR podcast. Hello. Welcome to Tilly Merlion. Um, and then, of course, special thanks to Jack Hook for composing the music. I think we'll keep this composition. I kind of like it. It's a good one. Thanks, Jack. Thanks to your Heelys and your fanny pack. What a guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Thanks to Paul for so wonderfully walking me through the Silmarillion. Yeah. Thanks for Tori for being up for it. <laughs> You're welcome, Paul. On to uh, the next. Da da da. Da da da. Da da da. <laughs> and a happy new year. And a happy new year. Da da da. <laughs> <laughs>